0: Tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday night, cooking with the Daleks. Enjoy the recipe that
1: will exterminate your species. We will begin a in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule.
2: It is your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess and test if we can give you witchcraft. You think me to believe
1: that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message you will bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up.
3: Five by Saturday night.
1: Good morning, Armenia! From our virtual family room studio, deep in the underground living quarters in the Deep Dish Entitlement Plaza of Area 51. Hello and welcome to TalkCast 276 and this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. I'm enjoying a wine spritzer with a dash of artificial cholesterol, the Jan Michael Vincent of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, flying through the stratosphere in Airwolf, known as the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, the rest of the gang of four... In the revered Time Vortex, our technical anarchist, she runs everything behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and likes to push buttons. It's her own girl genius, Kriana.
0: My blood mayo content is only six mayos per deciliter.
1: And that's something. From the stacks of her personal space in the dank dungeons, only indoor zen garden and vegetable garden, helplessly hoping she waits by the airlock, our own sombrarian.
0: The cat TV is on, and watching them watch the cat TV is hilarious. I'll <laughs> see you guys later.
1: <laughs> From a galaxy not as far away as you might imagine, the woman in chainmail adoring everything Marvel to the point where she has an inexplicable crush on Stanley, and trust me, that's inexplicable. Red Agent Carter Lipstick and all, please welcome Sir Sarah Lady Knight.
3: Currently I literally only care about Mad Max.
1: Is that possible?
3: I didn't think it was, and then I saw it twice within the span of three days.
1: I'm 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 guessing it's the new Mad Max and you weren't at a uh Yeah, no. Mad oh, okay. Max
3: Fury Road.
1: Okay. And I guess we could talk about that maybe kinda sorta. What? Uh Later on uh, in the show, uh, I'm going to introduce her now. She can talk if she wants to. If not, she'll be back in half an hour. Christy McDowell joins us again uh, to talk about her new comic, Gamer Girl and Vixen. Hey, Christy, how are you?
2: I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, you know, you're a good friend of the show. You've been on before, and you didn't learn your lesson so you're back again <laughs>
0: wait a minute wait a minute stop the presses there are no yeah. gamer girls because there's there's no fairness in gaming
2: journalism i thought No, there's no ethics in oh gaming ethics i'm sorry it's, what was <laughs> i, <noticed laughs> ethics, completely what was I thinking you have completely messed up the message Sorry, <laughs> what a,
3: you were thinking that there was actually a rhyme or reason to what I, I, those assholes were doing, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go dox
0: myself now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go dox yourself. Uh, I oh, think but that then is... what do they have to do?
3: Lime. <laughs> and they will. They will. So they do. We're gonna be talking
1: about her new comic and all the people involved and her Kickstarter. But first, the news. You know, either we've got to get better at that or drop it. One or the other.
0: Hey, it's I weird be pretty, not being able to hear it. <laughs> I was going to say we're having some technical difficulties, and Kriana can't hear most of what's going on. So I think she's doing pretty well what? considering. <laughs> what? What? Exactly. What? Exactly. Hearing it? What?
1: Oh, good lord! i you uh, kids,
0: get off you, my now. Bob Dylan
1: was on uh, the second of the last uh, Letterman show and he actually sounded really good.
0: That's okay. so fascinating. Bob Dylan wow. sounded good ever? I don't think so.
1: You never heard Nashville so- Skyline.
0: And I never S- need to.
1: Uh, actually, you do need to. No. You raised her. Nope. Uh-huh. Nope. <laughs> nope. So... We've got a bunch of stuff here, and I guess Sir Sarah wants to talk about Mad Max Fury Road.
3: I literally only have eyes for Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, so when I first started hearing about this, it was actually pretty recently, um, and I was like, eh, well, I probably won't see it. I mean, like, you know, gore and blood and stuff is fine, but like, eh, maybe I'll wait till it comes out on DVD, and then... The assholes who call themselves men's rights activists started getting really pissed off because this was all oh, those feminazis and they're they're getting our paws and our franchises and there are so many women's. and I was like, Oh, huh. Vaginas, they... nipples, Vaginas, ah, right? And then they were Men like they were getting nipples. really pissed off and really? I was like, hm I don't think they do. anyway. I, so th- I think they to just go... have
0: little bolts and screws like on Gonzo, right? <laughs>
3: good they're not functional so anyway sarah anyway so um you know i kept hearing more about that and you know stupid boys getting pissed off um and then you know i saw a lot of like women that i follow on the internet going to go see it or like men who aren't the worst um and being like yeah no this is really great like the main character is a disabled woman she's got like a um, we're not really sure if it's like a bridge effect, but she's got one of her arms is like ends in a stump and she's like a ci- no, a cyborg. Is that when you have a metal a metal is that the term? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she's got like a metal arm extension and she's a total badass. And I was like, All right. Wait, well, is it robotic? If it's robotic,
0: she's a cyborg.
3: It is robotic, yes. Then yes, yes. cyborg is okay. correct. Awesome. Continue. Yes. Um and I was like, All right, I should go see it. And then I saw it, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! So the movie basically stars 15 women and, like, What's-His-Face and Max. And that's, like, the movie.
1: 15 women and
3: What's-His-Face. What's-His-Face. And, like, (laughs) there's, like, no talking, and it's just, like, the cinematography is so gorgeous. Like, I I had to look it up, because it really looks like it was shot on film. Um, Like you can see in the beginning in the opening scene, like you can see kind of the grain of the sky and of the sand and there are like four colors in the movie and it's just so visually intense and also has like really just an amazing plot and like amazing women. And I was like, what is this? This is great. So really everyone please go see Mad Max. It is spectacular. I've seen it twice since Sunday. It's now Wednesday, and then it will be Sunday, and I might be Saturday, and I might go see it again. When by the time this airs, who knows? It's amazing. Everyone go see it. That's it. So
1: that that guy is actually Tom Hardy.
3: Yeah, that one.
1: And Charlie Charlie
3: Charlize Theron.
1: Theron. Uh, Oh gosh, Zoe Kravitz. Kravitz. Rosie Huntington Whitley Riley. That is a
0: list of names, Dom. <laughs> Abby,
1: yeah, yeah. There there's some uh, amazing actually men and women in this movie. So you have Sir Sarah to say this is worth seeing. Go see it.
3: Amazing. And like Women talk to each other so cool about things do.
0: that are not boys.
3: It takes the Bechdel test and just kind of runs a car on fire over it. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Funny because their hearts on fire in the movie. Thank you, thank you. I thought of that myself. You're all welcome. <laughs> now I really want to see it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. that was a um, and yeah, right. And one more thing is that there's no sexual violence in the movie. <laughs> like, what? This is a movie that is a society that's built on slavery, and. There's no sexual violence in any way of any kind. Well, then it can't
0: possibly
2: how we... be a gritty movie. Yeah, right? How no, do we know is... which guy is the worst guy?
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think we can. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to be able to understand.
3: No, you, I don't think you will my, be. And my little female brain is
2: confused.
3: It is, and I think that's the problem men's rights activists are having, is that they don't, without sexual violence, how does the world work? How does it function? Well, Surely. clearly, if it can function that way in a post apocalyptic slavery society, then, hmm. Interesting. Maybe but we're doing that. How do you
0: maintain wrong? the patriarchy if, even <clears throat> within a system of slavery, women aren't treated worse?
3: Oh my God. I don't know. It's terrible. And if it's the terrible. male
0: slaves aren't trying to protect the female slaves from something, how do we know the female slaves are lesser? Exactly. We These don't, are
3: well, important questions, Sarah. Yeah. Um, to be fair, there are women who are kept as, like, breeders, but nothing is explicitly shown or discussed in the movie. And it, it, it's, you know, the kind the of point of the movie is that they're escaping. And then they basically are badasses forever. Nice. It's really great. Yes. So great. Yes. <sighs> So good, you guys go see it immediately. All right.
1: So, so then the question is, where the hell do we go from here? (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. I'm knitting. Knitting.
0: (laughs) I'm knitting. I'm knitting like the wind.
1: Yeah, uh, because I have to finish
0: this in the next two and a half weeks.
1: And why is that?
0: No reason.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Because you had, uh, let me see, Sarah Brightman, the space tourist. I did. You did. So what's the deal with that? Um,
0: Sarah Brightman wants to go into space. I mean, don't we all, though? I thought when I was reading that that she had rescinded her... (coughs) I think
1: that's exactly what happened no, she, del- she delayed
0: it She delayed it She didn't rescind it
1: oh. And why did she postpone it
0: I have no idea I didn't read the article Then <laughs> so why did you put it in the doc Like <laughs> I don't know I, th- I thought it looked interesting So that's all Hint when you want to report on something perhaps oh, I mean I didn't think anyone was actually going to see it. it I just wanted it to look <laughs> like I was contributing Without actually contributing Alright, hey. Doesn't everyone contrib- do that? Contribute one uh, thing. Um. Explain explain the thing that I've highlighted there in the doc. I- I'm not looking at it, I'm actually seriously knitting. Okay, explain to us this lost fantasy movie. I haven't watched it yet, though. Because it's 25 minutes long and I just saw it before the well, show. Well, explain to us the story of this lost fantasy movie. Well, as soon as I count these nine stitches, okay? 5 6 You think I'm joking? <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking? I'm I <laughs> joking. I think it's
3: but, hilarious.
0: Okay. Um so there was a fantasy movie that showed before The Empire Strikes Back in the 80s that was art directed by the same art director as The Empire Strikes Back and it's kind of a legend because really no one has seen it since then and it's available on YouTube until the end of May. So go watch it, because no one's seen it in 35 years, except for now all the millions of people on YouTube, so. Yeah. Was that what you were looking for?
1: Yes. (laughs) The film is called Black Angel.
0: See, I didn't even know that. I didn't get there. (laughs) I didn't get there. And
1: And it wasn't shown in the United States, either. It was only shown in Europe and Australia.
0: Those bastards!
1: And it's oh, really? 23 and a half minutes long to boot.
0: Well, right. That's so, why I couldn't watch it before the show.
1: And as you mentioned, nobody's seen it for more than 35 years. What the press release doesn't say is why it's only available for uh, another two weeks.
3: I'm sure you can find it in other
0: venues if you want.
3: Well, they might release it on like, a DVD with one of the new ones. Yeah, yeah, they thought all
1: the prints of it were lost, and they actually just recently stumbled across it. Yeah. Uh, it's what I've seen of it, and and I did see about four or five minutes of it. It's really, really good, and really, really cool, and really, really pretty. Uh, give it a shot. We'll put the link in the in our. What's it uh, called again? This Black Angel.
0: Hmm. Checking other venues.
1: I don't think it's going to be there.
0: Mm. (laughs) Well, then someone could certainly make that happen. (laughs) I'm not saying me. I'm saying someone. Oh, good lord. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. All right. Dome. do you want to talk about something, or do you want me to talk about something? Go
1: for it, kiddo. You're on. All
0: right. So, I have not actually watched the trailer for Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell yet, because I read the book. The book is the weirdest book I have ever encountered. I remember reading it and having to power through the first bit and all of a sudden hitting a point where I wanted to read it and needed to know what came next. I do not remember anything that happens in the book besides (laughs) that there are two magicians and someone goes to Venice. <laughs> Go ahead. This page, this page, this book is, I think, literally almost a thousand pages long.
3: It's giant. It, it is here, I giant. It right
0: I don't know
3: how they're
0: going to condense it down to. Is it a movie or a miniseries? It's doing? a miniseries. Okay, um, I don't even know how they're going to condense pages. it to a
3: miniseries,
0: but
3: yeah. 846 pages. Yikes. So large. Yes. It is a doorstop. Yes. And I am 40 pages in.
1: 40 whole pages.
3: 40 whole pages. Well, I got distracted by Marvel Comics. So. <laughs>
1: and, and going to see Mad Max Fury Road twice I'll in flip the past that. week. I'll flip that. So, you know, it's all part of that. Shut up and read a book, kids, every once in a while. Just shut up and read a book. This is a good Ooh, book.
3: Reads.
0: What is yeah, exactly. reading? <laughs> but the thing is here's the thing because it is such a dense book, it was really kind of a small hit. Like, people who, the small subset of people who cross over enjoying really dense, um, heavily written literature enjoyed it, and right. om- and those people only enjoyed it if they are the kind of people who enjoy um, political intrigue and or magic
3: to begin with. Yeah, I've seen it shelved both in fiction and in sci fi fantasy. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's a it really is-
0: hard oh, yeah. book to categorize. It's a hard book to read. And I don't say that very often, I, but I enjoyed it and I found it difficult to read. Um, but the, the response to the um, trailer so far, including among people who I trust their opinion, who've read the book and enjoyed the book, they've all said it looks really good. So I'm excited. Yay! And someone goes time. to Venice.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, it's Siffy, correct?
0: Well, and Siffy, as is we know, bit, is... I
1: thought it was the BBC. Yeah, I thought it might be Beeps. Know. If it's um, BBC, I'm with it 100%. If it's Siffy... Uh, it's
3: BBC. It's okay.
1: BBC. Then, then it will definitely at least be up to the par that the BBC brings to stuff, which I think is wonderful. Uh, I know, mean, si- except
0: for the old first, Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. Let's be honest. Yeah but,
1: yeah, but that was a long, long time ago, too. That original series on the and BBC. It
0: belongs in a galaxy far, far away.
3: It's like, you know, we can't be like the Marvel CEO and blame the Supergirl movie from 30 years ago on why we shouldn't have more female-led superhero movies, right? No, I'm
0: just saying, the BBC wasn't always (laughs) amazing and isn't necessarily always amazing.
1: Yeah, that's true. Just
0: like Marvel movies are not always amazing, it doesn't mean the BBC (laughs) should stop making shows, and it doesn't mean Marvel doesn't need... Why are we talking about Marvel? I thought we said we weren't
2: going to do this. <laughs> God damn it, my
0: Sarah. My
2: Sarah my my God.
1: <sighs> it's an interesting A handcuff that in every Marvel movie since Iron Man, they've done the somebody gets the limb cut off in homage to Star Wars. Gee, which,
0: I wonder like whose idea that was, Joss Whedon.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know if it actually was his or not, but... Uh,
0: oh, please, he's such a Star Wars nerd.
1: Oh, I know he is, but I, I do think that it started all the way back with Iron Man 1, and in that, you know, Whedon was a very, very small part of the Marvel Universe at that point. It wasn't until a little bit later that he became an active participant as opposed to just a... A passive fanboy, which is wonderful. But, but as that it turns out
0: absolutely be a coincidence.
1: And oddly enough, it isn't. There that Kevin Feige revealed that while it didn't start out intentional, every Marvel Phase 2 movie included the Star Wars Something Gets Cut Off.
0: <laughs> alright, alright, to completely derail this because it's boring.
1: Well, wait a, Can we, a minute. No, no it's oh, it's be, super boring. Oh.
0: Can we do away with the terms fanboy, fangirl? It's infantilizing and ridiculous. Why can't you just I, be a fan? If you're a fan, you're basically the same thing. It's just not infantilizing. Patronizing and condescending.
1: Oh, like that comment was? Well, perfect. We'll be careful then.
0: Good. I'm glad that got through to
1: you. I really, really appreciate the fact that I had this wonderful blend going into the next thing, which you just kind of stomped all over for no apparent reason. No, I really but-
0: think the term fanboy and fangirl need to not be used anymore, like not just here, like everywhere. I think that, you know, it, it started out as a counterculture type of thing. Didn't it start in anime anyway?
1: No, it started years years before anime became yeah. a thing. I
0: don't I don't think that's true.
1: No, but, well, it's it. because nowhere near that old it's not a problem. In any because case it's kind of insulting. Seems to be important.
0: I think it is important that we don't insult people that we like, like Joss Whedon.
1: I didn't think that's insulting. He refers to himself way.
0: But let's let's all be careful of our language and mindful.
1: You're right. Why should I refer to somebody the way they refer to themselves? That's a horrible thing for me to do. I'll be very careful. It might to... be.
0: Don't you don't you think it's infantilizing though?
1: Well oh, actually, I don't and I never have.
0: Sir Sarah, what's your thought on this?
3: I'm torn because I don't like it being used by people outside of fandom, but I'm not sure yet how I feel about people specifically saying it about themselves, but I'm leaning more on your side because of how I feel about the trend going around Tumblr of people referring to themselves as garbage for something, um, which is very, um, very self deprecating. And it seems like it's not quite as um, intense of a comparison, but it's in a similar vein.
0: I would agree with that. Sombrerian, what are your thoughts? I'm even more torn than Sarah, and will need time to synthesize my thoughts. Come back later, Christy. <laughs> Christy, have you have you got any thoughts on this? I'm Switzerland. Fair enough. <laughs> this
2: is a little heated. I, I don't know. A little heated. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think. I don't know, I kinda of lean with down with this. Like if it's a term that's being used, you know, affectionately within the, the core, I don't mind it so much, but kinda of the the derogatory not, you know, in the know, it's just a they'll lump everybody into one group, I think is a little different. So I think I might be aligned with Sarah there, there.
0: See, we had differences of opinion. That was interesting. Let's move what? on. <laughs>
1: How about we get to the segue I was going to when this started? If you want. Oh, gosh, thanks.
0: <laughs> I give you permission. That oh, okay. gosh, thanks. You're
1: welcome.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm magnanimous.
1: You're on a, me- a number of things, and that might be one of them. Where I was going was, the whole thing started out with the Agent Colson. Uh, Coulson's injury as an homage to Darth Vader cutting Luke Skywalker's handoff in The Empire Strikes Back, which brings me to what happened to Lando Calrissian and why is he in any of the new movies coming out? And it's a question that's been asked a number of times and not just by Billy D. Williams, oddly enough. (laughs) And it turns out that actually there are plans to bring him into the next movie. And I thought he was a really, really good character and he had a fairly short run, only being in that second movie, which is actually, actually episode five. That's only if you don't count the first three movies, and I really wish we didn't have to.
3: No, the prequels were a rumor, they never happened, but the... the original what are you guys series, even the, talking about? I, yeah, no I don't, Yeah, no,
0: they didn't happen.
1: Anyway,
0: so. so what is he going to oh, be, like, 80 and eating oatmeal? Like, I don't get the point of this.
1: And, and again, we're making ageist jokes, which yeah, I don't exa- appreciate exactly. either.
0: Exactly.
1: Right. It's if true. we're not going to make the other jokes, which actually weren't jokes, but were affectionate, let's not make ageist jokes either. What well, you... no,
0: seriously, though, he's going to be, like, 80. What is he supposed to do in these movies?
1: no seriously no Let's seriously
0: what is he supposed to do in these movies i don't understand why they they wanted him back necessarily
1: the same reason that they have han solo back
0: yeah i don't get that either actually
1: well hey there may be things in the world you just don't get i
0: i either. like no i don't get i don't get what he's gonna do like does mm-hmm. he does, does he have a walker
1: and I don't think it's funny to keep doing ages jokes. When it's been not funny. Up. I'm not
0: being funny. I think he actually needs one. He
1: you're broke his... absolutely right that you're not being funny. He broke
0: his foot the other day.
1: That was on Solo, and that was seven months ago. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm. That's who I'm talking about.
1: And I'm not.
0: Okay. I'm just saying that those characters... This is going
3: really well, you guys. Yeah,
0: okay. Those characters are going to be really old, and I'm not sure what the point is to put them in that movie. I really
1: think you need to keep making the ageist comments as often as possible. So where would you like to go now?
0: Who are you talking to?
3: You. Any of us?
0: Oh, I don't care. Wherever you feel like.
1: No,
3: go on. Alright, well, if no one's going to talk, I'm going to talk about how Game of Thrones fucked up even worse than they fucked up last season. Um, so, last season, I didn't watch any of it, because in one of the early episodes, there was a scene between, a sex scene between Jamie and Cersei that in the books was consensual, and in the show was rape. Sigh. So, that's just so fun. Um, Rape as a plot device is just my favorite thing. Um, So, this time, they had Sansa get raped by Ramsay Bolton, which they had purposefully waited to do until Sophie Turner was old enough to film this scene. And they had had this in their minds, for two years, and we're like, yeah, uh, now we've waited, we can can do this, which, quite frankly, is bullshit, second of all, fuck them, third of all, they can all go to hell, the end. Fair Um, enough. Yeah, but really, they've really screwed the pooch on this one. Um, Again. 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 They lost some viewers last time, myself included, Um, but this time the internet has kind of exploded and been like, no, but really we got mad about the previous rape scene that also they didn't think was a rape scene. And they were like, no, it's not. It's totally consensual. It's literally not. Um, So instead of not using rape as a plot device, they were like, let's just rape Sansa, who is finally coming into her own Becoming her own person, starting to really play the game, and then just rape her. Because that's what everyone wants, right? Yes? Totally? No, not at all. But I didn't understand
1: how this is different from what they've been doing since season one which is why I haven't authored since episode it's 5. Really,
0: it's really not different from what they were doing in season yeah. 1, except for the fact that neither of these two things were actually in the books, which are pretty heavy on the rape anyway. So the fact that they're making up new ones to go in here is pretty extraordinary.
3: Yeah.
1: Look, let's face reality. Game of Thrones is not particularly well written to begin <laughs>
0: with. <laughs> That's the understatement of the year.
1: Secondly, the series on HBO diverts from the badly written books in numerous ways, so that at, at many points throughout the show, it bears no resemblance whatsoever.
0: But here's the thing. In both the books and the show, the one of the few consistent things is that this character's arc is that she goes from being a pawn being victimized, being naive. But not and, necessarily sexually victimized. Yeah, not sexually, right. but from being a naive victimized little pawn to being a strong character who knows what she wants and is trying to figure out how to get it. Like she's one of she I say a lot about George R. 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 Martin and a lot of it's true, but she is one of the best developed characters in the series. So what they've done and, is they've taken the one character that's developed well yeah. and said, fuck this. You know what? She should just get raped. We're, and basically much, what yeah. the television series has done, whether consciously or unconsciously, is punished her for developing
3: strength.
1: Yep, so, if the 100%. point if the point of this is to a- accurately portray the books, the series has failed since the very beginning. If the point of it is to show gratuitous sex and violence as as and much as violence. and sexual violence as much as they can press the envelope, they've done that.
0: Well, it is HBO. And in
1: doing so. Yeah, but still, in okay. doing so. They did the one thing that's incredibly stupid, and they've alienated their audience that's true the, yeah.
0: because the, the two series. times the two times they've thrown in a scene of sexual violence that wasn't in the show, there's been an up that wasn't in the books there's been an uproar so you a think you up, know yeah. fool me once, shame on you. I don't, I don't know how that goes uh,
3: yeah th- th- that that thing yeah
0: anyway shame on them th- is my point
3: here's the, the other thing um
0: the other thing is in the books there are definitely rape scenes and there are definitely scenes of intense violence against women and I'm not violence. saying
1: <laughs> Violence against men and violence against women. Well,
0: but and violence, violence against, against animals,
3: violence against the undead, yeah. we could but go on. But specifically talking about violence against women right now.
0: Yeah. Specifically, I'm talking about violence against women, and a lot of the violence against women in the books is sexualized. However, however, it usually serves as an important plot point or character development point.
3: And it's less, I feel, romanticized. It's less in romanticized the book. and it's less and they're gratuitous
0: actually, in the book. Yeah. Uh, and they're actually Yeah. Less gratuitous, but not much less. And I, why I, I... there are characters in the book that are w- female characters who actually, like. S- the sand vipers in the books are very, very. Um, I forget now the specifics, but there's something about um, someone threatened one of them with sexual violence once and was disposed of. And so it's not in the books, it's not that women are there to be raped. It's you know, this was significant for this character. But even but then, so, but
1: why is this a thing? But why? here's the thing.
0: thing. Here's my. It shouldn't
1: here's... be a thing at all. What has to What has to happen is that people need to get literally as pissed off as they're now getting when this goddamn series started five years ago. Here's my what thing, though. What you see I now,
0: don't, I don't know. You... I, my argument is. My argument is, which maybe I'm not making clearly, my argument is oh, that it is on. not inherently wrong to show sexual violence or rape in literature or film. It is not inherently wrong to depict those things. It is inherently wrong to depict those things in a gratuitous manner. Or a romanticized no. manner. Or a romanticized, I mean, manner. Or a romanticized I mean, manner and show. And Damn the it. show, Dome, has crossed that line several times. Literally, However, absolutely. at the beginning, it, did, it was not. That's my thing. Now we're agreeing heatedly.
1: I, I kind of, well, I disagree because from the inception of this series, it has been vile, dehumanizing to both men and women, and frankly, sickening. Well, the first season
0: actually followed the books pretty closely, if I remember correctly. And the
1: books did exactly the same thing.
0: I agree with that. Heatedly.
1: (laughs) You know, the reality is, this, this whole series has been gratuitous from the very beginning. It doesn't
0: and I think that the books less so, and the series tried harder. Um,
2: I think. But now, the series, now
0: the series is opposite of trying. Yeah, I think the series tried harder in the beginning. Um, yeah, the rest of the and the books and... were inherent were more successful. And I don't want to feel like I'm defending them, but I do feel like. <sighs> These were not depicted as, oh, hey, this is what happens sometimes. I don't know. I, kinda feel, that, I feel like they were in the books. I feel like rapes were punished in the books. No, and I people don't. who committed
1: rape were considered awful. Mm. Yeah. You're an awful person. Go to another land, have a castle, and rape some more. Um, that's kind of what happened. And and in in the series, and it was work,
0: absolutely romanticized. Hello, Daenerys.
1: It, it had it had its moments. No, now, no. I, you know, the reality for me is my entire immersion into this series is walking in and out of a room.
0: Okay, hold on, because Zombrian was about to argue with me that it was not rape. In it book, was rape, and it but was completely it was, rape. It was not. It was rape. However, I don't think it was as romanticized as you think it was. It was more romanticized than it should be. Yep.
1: So, lots and of- I think that yes. that's
0: one the point where the TV series depicted something as, you know, a negative that the book missed. However, now the TV series is failing
1: fucking up yep. so, let, let's leave it at this when you're watching something that makes you vomit into your own mouth <laughs> maybe you shouldn't bother and on In that place- note
0: we should probably <laughs> talk about the flash before, so that we have a palate cleanser
1: <laughs> I think we need to
0: because this just got a little too heated and I think we've scared Christy
1: Christy are you scared yet
3: Did we scare her away? I'm sorry, Christy. No, no, I'm here.
2: I'm oh, just, just, taking a, just taking a step back. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good idea.
3: Don't worry, we won't fight <laughs> you, just each other.
1: Well, you know, it's nice to have actual opinions as opposed to everybody going, isn't this cute, isn't this wonderful? I just love this.
0: That's no fun. No one wants to listen to that.
1: Nobody does. Okay, so what do you want to say about uh, Flash, season one?
0: It's awesome.
1: You know, I've, I've got to say that CW has done a great job of uh, taking what is a marginal series in Arrow uh, and putting it into a universe with the Flash and adding more Uh, to the universe next season to make some So wait, wait, wait.
0: Elaborate for our listeners who haven't heard. What are they adding next season?
1: Uh, I had something about that last week and I can't remember what it is offhand. I don't think we talked
0: about it, but I, I, you know, I just saw the title and now I can't remember what it is. (laughs) Like, seriously, I literally just, just saw this. Hang on. Hmm...
1: In the multiverse. Somewhere.
0: Somewhere. Just quick, Zombrian, sing that Fival song while <laughs> 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 we're looking for
1: Because
0: <laughs> I seriously can't find it. Arrow Flash spin-off series in the works.
1: Uh. Yeah, and not even the, the uh, the link that I asked talks about it. Uh. I'm
0: Googling furiously. Sing,
3: Zombrian, Sing!
0: No? Oh.
3: There are probably cats into her microphone. Probably.
0: <laughs> probably. Oh, there's, there's the... There's
3: the... <laughs> that was me. I did that. Did you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. You're So cute.
1: <laughs> in Any arrow itself has done a really good job of taking a character that in, in the past in been a character has done a great job with it.
0: Wait, I just saw Arthur Darville, and I'm I'm
3: what? Yeah, he's in the right. the Legends of. Tomorrow, whatever. There oh, it is. Is that it? I didn't think that was the right thing. This, are, think, wait, were, are we talking about the spinoff? Because I thought we were talking about next season on The Flash.
1: Next season on The Flash and
3: bringing that third show into the movie. No, there, there's another show. Yeah. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow.
0: That really was it. I thought it started with M.
3: You did a bad job. I, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I forgot you. I'm Sorry. <laughs>
1: And a bunch of the actors from both of these shows are migrating into the new show. Among them, Adam.
3: Among them, Sarah Lance.
1: Yes.
0: Her <laughs> character. Wait, Sarah Lance or Laurel Lance? Sarah.
1: Sarah. I You know, I wasn't—I
0: wasn't her biggest fan. Like, I like her character. I just like something about that actress is off-putting to me. So it was like, yes.
3: However, at least their only queer character is no longer dead that
0: yes I'm fine, about, I'm fine with that well yes. not the
1: only one her, well, her girlfriend is still alive
3: oh that's true that's true her girlfriend but so there, there's I read two. somewhere that they married her girlfriend who was a lesbian or is she canonically bisexual because I feel like they married her off to some guy without that she didn't really and, want to be married to
1: and she didn't end up marrying him
3: Okay, cool. I haven't watched it, so I just follow ladies. I, I haven't watched
0: it. I'm so behind on Arrow because it's just so tedious to watch, except for Felicity.
3: Felicity is a ray of sunshine. She is, especially
0: and, uh, when she guest stars on The Flash and is like, this is a fun scene, right?
3: Spoiler for Arrow, the
1: worst spoiler in the world is the last 15 seconds of the final episode. What
3: happens? Are you going to say them right now? Do it. Do it. Spoiler alert. Everyone spoil else shut their I'm ears. What happens? It.
1: Felicity and Oliver drive off into the sunset in a goddamn convertible together <laughs> really? to be alone together. And I swear to Christ, it was like a Clairol commercial.
0: I think you're lying. That doesn't oh, really God. happen.
1: Well, I sat there and I wanted to throw something at the TV. You're just trying
0: just... to piss me off. That, that's not
1: right. I'm, I'm doing that on purpose. I can do that easily enough.
0: <laughs> False. <laughs> because Felicity plus Barry OTP.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, right now Felicity is trying to marry Oliver Queen.
0: Nope! Again? Is my statement?
1: And Oliver's about to say him. yes.
0: Yeah, He's too good for s- him. Oh, Barry Allen is barely good enough for her. Barely. Very, <laughs> barely. 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 He's barely good <laughs> enough for her. <laughs>
1: oh, kill me now. So, anyhow... That's what's up with that. It's a whole bunch of stuff going on with it. But we're actually here tonight to talk to Christy McDell. Are we? And it might be a good idea to do that. <laughs> okay. Hey, Christy, have you taken your pills now? Are you okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm all right now. I just had to okay, go cool. to my 6 place for a little while.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody has to go to their quiet place at certain points during the show. It's fine. <laughs>
0: they put me in the corner. I'm in timeout
1: realistically absolutely you are but that's a whole other story
0: um. <laughs> and that's not like, to stop her from talking no it totally <laughs> isn't it never does it never does
1: christy was on the show uh... gosh a year and a half two years ago yeah. talk so about, long ago talk about so ago. Eden Park sales yes Um uh, and, and, oh, and with the and ferret guy
2: the ferret, the ferret guy with trinkets
1: The Ferret's
0: my favorite.
1: And since then, she's gone off on her own to do some work and shot an email off to us a couple of weeks ago about her new Kickstarter for Gamer Girl and Vixen, which is a comic that she's co-created with, oh God, let me get his name right.
2: And Gemma. Gemma, oh, Gemma, we miss her still. We miss you, Gemma. <laughs> uh, we
1: love and you, Gemma. Sh- Johnson Mills, uh, you guys yes. wrote *Gamer Girl* and *Vixen* together. Yes. Okay. And and Gemma, who could not be with us tonight, even though we tried desperately. to But she's still alive. She is still oh, yeah. alive. <laughs>
0: just just to be clear, she's with us in the sense that she's alive, and she's she's with us. In, in her heart, no, that still sounds like she's dead. Um, <laughs> she's definitely alive.
3: She had a
1: shitty internet connection, and we couldn't get her stabilized in time to get her on the show.
0: <laughs> that still kind of yeah. sounds bad.
1: In a medical kind of way, I suppose it does. <laughs> we
3: couldn't get her stabilized. <laughs> like, did you not hear that? No,
1: actually, I didn't. I never hear myself when I talk, which is something
0: that—that that sounds like something you should see a doctor
1: for. Absolutely. So, how did you and Sean get together with this project?
2: Well, Sean and I have been really good friends for close, no, well, more than a decade now. Um, we started at writing and fan fiction boards, and you know, general geekery and as he was watching me do the Eden Park Tales stuff with Jay, uh, Jay Moores for new listeners. Um, he was like, God, is it really that easy? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, I want to do it anyway. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So we started working together. We We took some ideas that we'd always kind of been playing around with as far as character types and realized that they could probably make a really fun, quirky comic book duo. So started working on it and, Gamer Girl and Vixen is the the result of that. It's just a couple of crazy kids making up some fun characters and decided that, hey, maybe maybe it's something other people might like.
1: And then you kind of pulled a, a team together of uh, artists and inkers and how did you get together with uh, Gemma? How did that happen?
2: So. Originally, I was going to be working with another artist whose design we actually ended up keeping because he's extraordinarily talented. Um, But unfortunately, timing-wise, we couldn't get our schedules really working together. So we took these ideas and we went to the Internet because you can find everything on the Internet, including an artist. Um, So we went to different forums, went DvR, DeviantArt, digital Web. Um, even Facebook, Reddit so anywhere we could think of to put up an ad for um, a new artist and Gemma was one of many applicants and she stood out in the fact that she really seemed to get what we were doing pretty much right away um, as far as the tone of the story um, the, the tone of the book and how you know how fun and bright we really wanted to be while still tackling some pretty uh, topical issues and she sent us a little tiny bit of Fan art of our characters, and everybody loves fan art. So we hired her on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's how you find the you best artist,
0: Seriously, and that's that's the best. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And her style really works towards what it is you're doing. It's it's oh my god, really yeah, incredibly cool artwork.
2: That and at that one, she's just blown away every single cool time
1: story, You know, yeah. so it works great. Um. And your choice for these two young ladies was costumed supervillains. Yes. Why?
2: <laughs> do everybody like a bad guy? I mean, come on. Um, I think what we really like to do is, is play with the idea that in such a bright, poppy world, clearly everything is not black and white. I don't think we have black and white at all in our palettes, And that's kind of what we're doing with this, is that we've got these two characters who are, they're villains in the sense that they're doing bad things, but they're not actually doing bad things to be bad. They're just kind of selfish college girls who both just like to kind of cause trouble. Um, They meet one night after a failed, or almost failed robbery on Vixen's part when uh, she meets gamer girl who's kind of on a bad track but hasn't really pulled the trigger on whether she really wants to be a supervillain or not yet. And uh, meeting Vixen and seeing kind of the the high thrills chase of supervillainy really appeals to her. And they just decide to be menaces to society. They don't have any world domination endeavors in mind. They don't really, you know, they just they want to have fun and their way of having fun involves breaking into rich people's penthouses. (laughs) And
1: on top of that, (laughs) you have this, this flirtatious Liz and Bianca story that runs through the whole thing.
2: Yes. Um, What we really wanted to do is I think there's this idea going around, especially in particularly mainstream comics that you, you can either be a superhero, or you can be a civilian, but you can't really be both. That you you can try to balance it, but the whole it feels like the whole concept of superheroics is that you're going to always, or super even supervillainies that you're always going to choose the costumed desires, or that you're going to choose the the personal ones. So you see relationships in their civilian identities broken up. You see families strained. You see all these friendships that are struggling under the weight of this of this burden that the, the costumed character has. And we don't, I think that being a superhero or supervillain is just as much about who that person is when they're not wearing their costumes. So what are their human, you know, why make that such a struggle when it's such a, I think a part of who they are. So we, we really blend the, the, the people, the the romance, the the friendship, the flirtation, all of that stuff really well into the story because it's going to bleed through. Their real lives are going to bleed into their costume lives. Their costumes are going to bleed into their regular lives. And I don't think it has to be an either or. I think th- as the story goes on, you start to realize that both parts are equally important to them.
1: And th- there's there's a certain level of maturity in the writing here that makes these characters pop right off the page. I really liked it. Really oh, liked it a
2: lot. Thank you very much.
1: And and I, I just thought it was a, a fun ride. And, uh, you know, visually it, it works nicely. The writing is, at, at the same time, very light and there were some really great moments in it as well. And I I just can't tell you how much I liked the writing. It was really, really good.
2: Oh, thank you so much. That's uh that's equal part to me and Sean. We've been I would like think that I'm a good writer. Um I mean I've written other stories. I've you know, I really enjoy the writing process, but I think there's something about the way that I work with Sean that really opens up a lot of doors. We have a really great personal banter and I think that comes across when you see the characters interacting see the way we position the characters in the situations where they have the opportunities to really riff off of each other, both physically and what they're doing, but also in just the way they converse with each other.
1: So you decided to take this and turn it into a Kickstarter project so that you can yes. get the first two issues out.
2: Correct. Um, we originally so, so started...
1: We, oh. So the good news is you started it like Three or four days ago, at this point.
2: Yeah, f- uh, five days ago.
1: And you're halfway to your. You're over halfway to your goal.
2: Yep, we just five hit three percent today. So yep, oh. it's uh.
1: You sure as yeah, hell did. It, it's,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's been pretty intense. I. I do, I didn't know what to expect when we first started to put it out there. As far as like before we even were going the Kickstarter route, we were trying to develop kind of a. Uh, um. Kind of a grassroots campaign for it. We started with the Tumblr and Facebook and Twitter, um, started kind of teasing these images of these characters saying, coming soon, you know, this is something we're working on. And it was really attracting a lot of a notice in that direction. Um, and while we were doing that, we were pitching it to a couple of different publishing companies. And while, unfortunately, um, several of them decided not to go with us, those few that responded, we just felt so strongly. We were getting such a really positive response on the social media that we just felt that, all right, well, if, if we can't get some kind of official backing, we'll, we'll do this ourselves. We'll do this with the fans. You know, the people that are resonating are the people that are going to be reading it anyway and why not involve them in the process. So we went to, to Kickstarter and it has just been overwhelmingly positive and wonderful. Everything about this has been just mind-boggling <laughs> uh, the speed at which we're we're starting to raise funding for it the responses we've had a, a number of reviews and interviews with a couple of different um sites and review um review sites and news outlets and uh just everybody is really really on board with this story and it's, uh, <sighs> it's this is what it's all about i'm really feeling like, like this has just been an incredible, everything that I've ever wanted is happening right now. And it's just amazing.
1: It's a, it's yeah, no, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's, it's always shown in your work that this is where you want to be. This is what you want to do. But uh, this project uh, for me is, is the perfect Christy McDowell project, the absolute perfect one.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. It feels there's, there's a lot of me injected in the, the silliness of, the, of some of the, the concept mixed with the, the seriousness of you know, some of the underlying motivations behind these characters is such a great blend. And I think that it really reflects all the stuff that I really care about in storytelling as far as you know, telling something that's really exciting and adventurous and pulls people in, but also touches something really important at the same time
1: so I, I think for the lack of of uh of, of false modesty, once this project is funded and it's just wanted <laughs> to come out uh where do you take these characters from this? Do you go back to trying to pitch it to uh mainstream publications or even uh you know lesser smaller houses and and see if you can uh bring them out to the entire public or what where do you go you
2: know i would i would like to do that again i think we we had two pitching processes first um back in november um when you know sean gemma and i with you know stars in our eyes went out and went into the world with this project and we got a lot of um got a lot of feedback some of it not as fantastic as we would have liked but we took everything, a bit of that. I need to, I, I want to shout out to uh, Tyler James from uh, Comics Tribe. He, I sent him the pitch back in November. was like, what do you think of this? And he was like, well, it's not good. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. It's, yeah, it was, that was a little rough. And he, but he instead of just stopping there, he's like, this is why it's not good. And he broke down bit by bit totally out of, like we weren't on his proving grounds with the comics tribe um it wasn't in the official capacity he just took the time to just spend some time with us and tell us what we were working what we needed to work on he said that Gemma's art needed to be a little bit more precise he said that our storytelling needed to be tighter that we needed to really kind of gel all these ideas that we had that maybe weren't cohesive enough so we went back to the drawing board and hired taylor esposito um who was a dc comics letterer um worked for marvel for a while now starting his own freelance studio um we hired him to do our lettering gemma um was apparently replaced by a robot i'm not really sure how she got so amazing in such a short amount of time but we went from zero to 60 in a heartbeat and really pumped out some really beefed up pages for us and just really that blew this project to another level um and it was because of the pitching process and all that feedback that we got from all these different publishers um so then we took that we went through another pitching process just about a month and a half or so ago and got no responses for it so we're hoping that maybe this time around either you know with this project itself is sustainable to the point where we Decide to go it as our own as Joycat Comics, um, or you know, reach back out to some of these publishers and say, "Look, there's there's definitely an audience here. We're doing it on our own with no with no professional assistance whatsoever. Imagine how huge, how big we could be if we had some some real kind of name recognis- recognition here. So absolutely, it, yeah. it would be it would be amazing if that could happen." But I think that we're we're doing okay we we might actually be one of those rare little things that you know kind of sprouts out of nowhere and you know gets halfway funded in four you so well on
1: your way to do that right now
2: yeah, I know it's just we're it is a really crazy thing we're really open to whatever happens I'm really looking forward to uh Boston Comic-Con well, well, I'll have these physical copies and start really just getting, meeting people, talking to people, showing them what we have to offer and seeing what happens on that level. Because I think with this Kickstarter campaign, it's really launching us to a level that we weren't entirely expecting, but we are super embracing.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I could say tons of good stuff about it, and I already have. And I think what we need to do is let the listeners know uh, this is a project worth looking at, worth reading, worth supporting. Uh, Some really, really wonderful people are involved in it. And the project itself has the look, the feel, and the writing of something very different and very enjoyable. And I can't thank you enough.
0: And super super can I just say and I, it's maybe it's wrong to say this about a comic about supervillains, but it just tugs your heartstrings and it makes you go, Oh th- yeah. because I've read it and I was like, oh I remember thinking that. Oh I remember that feeling and it's just really it's adorable. It's such a That's cute little love story. Are sp- you a super villain? Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> And it I'm marrying so, a supervillain, everyone! It sounds that so dismissive and, and like patronizing say it's such a cute little love story, but it's an adorable love story. Well, that's... Like the kind that makes you love love. <laughs> I'm in for a rough night, guys. <laughs> so what, what
1: I think you're hearing, Chris, is that we all really liked it a lot.
0: And just to be clear, it has nothing to do with ethics and gaming journalism. Evidently we loved not. it, in fact. We loved it.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. I love working on it, and it's just fantastic. I mean, the more the more success it's getting this way, the more ideas we're getting, the more excited we're getting to work on it. We're, now that we're at this halfway point, we're coming up with some really great stretch roles that I think you guys are going to really love, so... You know, keep stay tuned to the Kickstarter because that's where all the magic is happening right now.
0: And I think we might know one or two people who may be at Boston Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, maybe, huh? Maybe.
1: Maybe. Um,
0: (laughs) On that note, anyway.
1: Anyhow, Christy, thank you so much for joining us, and thank thank you for bringing this project to us. Ah, it was our pleasure. Kriana, what's coming up in the coming up calendar in the coming weeks?
3: Well,
0: that's a good question. Next week, Steve Perry of Rhode Island Comic Con is coming to talk about con news. Yeah. And stuff. And then the week after that there's no show because stuff. That's literally what it says. And (laughs) then on the sixteenth, we're talking to Peter I'm gonna butcher his name, Dudar about his book yeah. where f- spiders fear to spin and I am sitting that show out because I fear to spider.
3: <laughs> so
0: I'm going to be over there for that one. No offense.
1: Going back in the corner for that one.
0: Arachnophobia. And I'm not talking about the film. That was kind of funny. Anyways, okay. for Sarah. Great.
3: Well, I found Saturday night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con. Rhode Island Comic Con, Books and, Booze.com, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome.
1: I want to thank Chris and McDonald for joining us tonight. Gamer Girl and Vixen McDowell. is something you McDowell. I said McDonald, <laughs> didn't I? E I E I O. it's more like E I E I O. Gamer Girl and Vixen is a wonderful project. You should all uh, check it out. You should throw money at her. Shut up and take my money. It's well worth the price. I want to thank Cass for joining us tonight, even with the arguments. From Revere, Time Vortex, this sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman aboard Zombrian. Thank you, ladies.
0: You love the arguments. Don't
3: even lie.
1: Continuing her own personal <laughs> galaxy quest, Sir Sarah. Thank you, darling.
3: I'm gonna go see Mad Max again.
1: <laughs> Yay!
3: Mrs. <laughs> yeah. Jones
1: saying Terry and Jeannie shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. If you're listening in Kuala Lumpur right now, good morning. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.